Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast. My name is Christopher Harris. In this special interview, we have a special guest. It is Andres Cantor, uh, the lead commentator for Telemundo Deportes' coverage of the FIFA World Cup coming up in November and December of this year. Andres Cantor is one of the best in the business, uh, a man who is very qualified called numerous World Cups over the years for uh, both um, radio and television and he has also t- uh, commentated games in English language in addition of course to his famous uh, Spanish language goal calls. Now in this interview we discuss a, a various amount of topics including uh, his thoughts on um, Telemundo's coverage of the World Cup coming up, which includes some of the uh, the talent that will be on hand uh, in Qatar, uh, as well as in the studio. But also, uh, this interview was conducted uh, before uh, the FIFA Council confirmed that the opening game of this competition uh, has been moved, so the competition starts a day earlier now, on November 20th. So Andres uh, shares his thoughts on FIFA's uh, late decision to go ahead and change uh, the opening game and, and start the World Cup a day earlier. In addition to that, we cover a whole bunch of different other topics too, uh, including some of the best match atmospheres he has experienced as an experienced veteran World Cup commentator, plus much, much more. So here you go. Here's our interview with Andres Cantor of Telemundo Deportes. What for you though? It, this has been. This must feel like a agonizing wait because normally by this point in the summer we would know who the World Cup champions are. We'd be moving on into the the different seasons. But what for you personally is it like having to wait now a hundred more days? Well, I, I'm pretty sure, Chris. I have the same agony that the World Cup coaches have because uh, when they put out their rosters towards the mid or end of May for every summer World Cup. They already know how the players are. And now there is a caveat that, you know, you have your team, most of the coaches know what their team is going to be like, but then they're in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have to put out the roster uh, by uh, mid-October and we have to wait and see how, you know, players develop 
in this first third of their European season. So like, for example, even though I enjoyed very much uh, Messi's bicycle kick the other day, uh, his goal, mm-hmm. uh, when I when I saw him in the air, I said, please, you know, put both your hands down and, and you know, don't break yourself on the way down. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the coaches, I'm obviously exaggerating the, the figure, but I'm pretty sure the coaches uh, go into every weekend now until, you know, whenever they get the players to see, you know, what level they're at, how fit they are, and if, you know, they don't get injured from week to week. So that is the agony that every soccer fan uh, will have from here until the rosters are called up and the players are all safe in, in camp. So you've called, obviously, many, many World Cups for both radio and television. What's your expectations in terms of what the, the match atmosphere is going to be like in Qatar? And what for you has been the best World Cup that you've been to as, a, as an announcer, as a commentator, uh, to, cook, to call games? What, which one had the best atmosphere? Well, for what happened in, in my career, um, I would have to say that, and, and the fact that it was here in, in the U.S., the 1994 World Cup was uh, really amazing. I mean, sold out stadiums all over America. Everyone got into the World Cup fever. And I just, I, I can imagine and project myself to 2026 now with so much more of a of a soccer fan base that it will be just be that that will be the greatest uh, World Cup, let alone a big sporting event in in history, I believe. But uh, I think the World Cup in Qatar will be awesome. Uh, I've been to many of the stadiums. The stadiums are are so nice. I mean, top of, you know, uh, the the, the best uh, structures themselves, very comfortable. Yeah, you know, the the worst seat in the house is probably the almost the next best seat in in, in larger stadium. So, uh, and by what has been written that, and I know many Argentinians already have tickets and, and air tickets, and many other nationalities that are going to just go to the World Cup. You know, they follow the national team. The World Cup. I don't need to tell you what the World Cup is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember Russia. You know, the Peruvians filled their stadium, filled the stadiums where their national team played. Colombians the same, Argentinians the same. And, you know, we were as far away as Russia. And I don't think this time it's going to be different. I mean, the demand for tickets, as FIFA has pointed out, has been tremendous. And, uh, uh, you know, the fact that all the fans will be spread out, you know, in one big city with its municipalities. Uh, is going to be very, very interesting because usually you have them travel from one host city to the next following their team. Here, they're all going to be in pretty much one place. So the FIFA Council is expected to make some changes to the World Cup schedule for the first couple of days, uh, moving a couple of the games around. How does that impact you personally as a commentator or announcer? But also, what does this mean for Telemundo Deportes? Uh, I'm going to speak uh, on a on a personal note. I, I'm you know I'm not part of uh, I'm part of the network, but I don't think it. Uh, I might speak or might not speak for them. I don't think it impacts uh, tremendously. Uh, as a matter of fact, we all thought 
for a while. Why isn't the opening game a standalone game or at least part of a two-game schedule like it was in Russia, but at least have you know the host country open the, the competition with an opening ceremony? Uh, we understood it was because of the compact uh, schedule that they put four games in a day, but really it doesn't hurt to have, you know, Senegal and, and, and the Dutch might think otherwise because Ecuador and Qatar will have an extra 24 hours rest. But in all honesty, I think this is the way it should have been from, from day one, to have just one opening ceremony, one opening match uh, the day prior. It, uh, it was this way for, for, for many years, I believe. Um, so I, I don't think it, it, it impacts nobody. I mean, it's just, I would say, not common sense, but it's kind of common sense and the way it should have been from, from day one. Now, Telemundo Deportes is announcing uh, a whole host of new uh, studio experts, studio analysts, one of which is uh, Miguel Herrera, who is a, a, a football manager, coach with a, a fiery temper, with lots of passion. What can we expect from him, do you think, in terms of uh, as an analyst in a studio? Um, what, what, that, what is that experience going to be like? Well, the, the beauty of the comprehensive team that we put together is that uh, we can, you know, as announcers, you know, myself, Sami Sadovnik, Copan Alvarez, uh, Jorge Calvo, the play-by-play, uh, people can turn around and ask a, a World Cup coach like Miguel Herrera, who has the experience of having coached Mexico at the highest level in not only in the Gold Cups, but in, in Brazil 2014, ask uh, all the World Cup, incredible amount of World Cup talent, players and coaches and referees that we have for their opinions. And I think that is uh, that that gives the audience such a rich a comprehensive experience. So what am I going to say about, you know, any given number nine missing an open goal? I will turn around and ask, you know, Carlos Hermosillo, hey, mm -hmm. you've been there in that position. What happened to this guy? What am I going to say about a goalkeeper making a mistake? I'm going to turn around and go to Conejo Perez, the former World Cup uh, goalkeeper for Mexico in 2002. Hey, Oscar, what what happened? What could he be thinking about for making that that mistake? Uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, we have Amelia Valverde, Natalia Strain, two women coaches that are um, integrating into our our broadcast. We have two World Cup referees. I will have a lot to say to the World Cup referees, but uh, then that those interchanges are going to be so rich for our audience, I think it's going to be our greatest uh, World Cup coverage of all. Yeah, and Maxi Rodriguez too, as far as a, an Argentine, I mean, kind of a world-class player, to be able to yep. kind of uh, ask him some questions about, uh, I mean, coming up against um, against Mexico. Speaking, well, speaking of, well, go ahead. Uh -huh. No, we have Maxi, like like you say, we have Fernando Hierro, we have uh, Bichi Claudio Borghi, who won the World Cup in 86. Carlos Tenorio from Ecuador that played in, in Qatar, uh, not, not only will he be able to add his thoughts about his national team, but obviously, you know, what it's like to, to be in Qatar. But yeah, Maxi Rodriguez, I'm sure, 
will have something to say when uh, comes the Mexico-Argentina game. He scored a beautiful volley in Leipzig uh, and then scored the winning penalty kick against the Netherlands to put Argentina in the final in 2014. So just by the fact that he was such an important player, uh, obviously he will have a lot to say uh, for the good of our audience. Yeah, the, the Maxi Rodriguez goal is one of my favorite World Cup goals of all time. The only other one I can think of that stands out in my mind as one of the best is uh, Archie Gemmel from 1978 World Cup, uh, Scotland against um, yeah. Netherlands. But, but but speaking of Mexico, I mean, they've gone through a very difficult year. Um, what's, what's, do you have any optimism that things might change between now and November? I have... Cautious optimism with all teams because uh, of something that we touched upon earlier. Anything that I can say now, 100 days out, might not be valid, um, you know, 10 days or 15 days before the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Why? Because usually when we make this pre-World Cup analysis, pretty much the European seasons are, are said and done with. So we know what shape the players are in. Uh, both physically and, and football-wise, how tired they are, how many games they have played. Now it's like week to week. You know, we have to to see how they progress week to week. So why am I saying I'm cautiously optimistic about Mexico? And here's a per perfect example, Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez is, for now, that's what Wolver Wolverhampton has put out, is going to be out for a month. It's already been a week since that uh injury or, or 10 days. So he's going to have missed one month of match fitness going into the, the final countdown to the World Cup, which in such a shortened period of time, that could be crucial. You know, it's going to take him hopefully not too long to get back into match fitness and get into, you know, the rotation of the team. And he's so important uh, to me in the Mexican national team, his role as, as a striker, as a player that can play, you know, in the wings, that contributes so much uh, playing along the, the midfielders, that that is, you know, something to, to look out for, not only in Mexico's case, but in everyone's, uh, in every team that is going to participate in the World Cup's uh, case. So, you know, they are under a lot of pressure every time they go into the World Cup because uh, everyone expects them to get to that fifth elusive game uh, if they can just, you know, put their emotions aside and abstract from what is being said in Mexico and the, the pressure that they keep on putting the, the team. Uh, I always said that both the U.S. national team and the Mexican national team can compete against anybody in the world on any given day. Um, and this is proven over the years, you know, in the, in the World Cup history. They had a great game against Brazil uh, in 2014, and Brazil was a host. They should have been Argentina in 2006 if it weren't for Maxi Rodriguez uh, and, and, and so forth. So uh, we will see. You know, we will uh, see what happens with all of the players that are going to compete in the World Cup in this first part of their seasons. So last question, Andres, and, and that is, I mean, you mentioned the European seasons, I mean, starting up right now and running through uh, pretty, pretty close to, to the World Cup. What, what about South America in terms of the seasons in, in uh, Brazil and Argentina? Does that favor them 
or uh, give them any disadvantage or is there any is there no difference um I believe there is no difference because uh, they're in mid-season right now. Most of the seasons will be towards the end. But the reality is um, from the final rosters, Argentina will probably have two, three players mm -hmm. at the most that play in the local league. Brazil probably will have two or three. Yeah. Uh, Uruguay probably will have two or three as well. And even Ecuador will have probably Ecuador will be the one fielding the more local players, but not that many. Mm -hmm. So I don't think really it's a game changer for them regarding of where each of their seasons is. And, um, you know, most of them have players playing at the top level in Europe. So in, in that sense, everyone will be leveled. Excellent. Well, Andres, hey, thank you for your, for your time. And, uh, Good luck, and, and I'm sure I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you to Andres Cantor and Telemundo Deportes for that interview. Uh, definitely a lot to look forward to with the World Cup. And coming up uh, early, early next week, uh, we'll be back with the uh, EPL review show uh, with Kartik Krishnayar and myself. And uh, the plan is to record it after Monday's Manchester United against Liverpool game, which is going to be, it's going to be a cracker. All right, everyone. Uh, talk to you then. Enjoy your football. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm.